Hey y'all, welcome back to Anasta's Secret Garden Podcast, where we dive in deep for better understanding of our mind, body, spirit, nutrition, and overall health and wellness. I pray that this message may reach you all in the right mind, body, and spirit, and that you may share it with somebody that you know, and that it may be of help for you, or help to someone that you may know that is in needing of some form of healing. Um, first and foremost, happy Black History Month, and I know for my extra pro-black people out there black history is all 365 or 366 days a year i already know but i just wanted to show the recognition for the month given the fact that we are in february after all um today's topic today's uh yeah today's topic i wanted to focus on understanding trauma symptoms and ptsd and what it looks like for us as melanated people um and the comparison and contrasting to those that are are non-melanated so for me i wanted to focus on on i have a variety of things going on in my mind so i had to like pinpoint them down into like bullet points so first and foremost i guess i wanted to start off with a bit of a story right um i want to say how like ptsd isn't something that we're born with um trauma is something that is you know acquired over time given if you live long enough to experience certain things in life you would know um you would experience certain things you would see certain things you would eventually eventually learn from those experiences that are acquired sometimes they are necessary and sometimes they aren't necessary they just ish that just happens to you so this series i wanted to focus it on a 12-part series and so i wanted to start with a story um basically so let's start so you know how like we all have intuition um especially my ladies specifically melanated women we all have a woman's intuition and we know when something isn't right you know despite how you know the opposite party may want us to believe may want us to go against our will or go against our you know that gut feeling i always say if you are entering into any different i mean any situation be it a contract signing you're signing a contract or getting into a relationship or even forming a friendship or you know applying for a job and you know you feel that anxiousness in your belly that doesn't feel right to you it's not like a good anxiousness it's a excuse me it's a like excuse me it's a, it's like um it's like a it's like a gut-wrenching feeling usually typically when that happened that is like your spiritual self your higher self your god self is telling you something to take heed to right and so often we don't take heed into certain circumstances that we find ourselves in when we by the time we find ourselves in these certain circumstances we're like how did we get here or how did i get here or how did i end up here (laughs) you know like you don't even know you can't you can't even untangle yourself in the webs of like you know the webs that you find yourself in and sometimes it can take a hit at your self-esteem it can take a hit at the way you view the world it can take a hit in the people that are closest to you the relationships that are closest to you it can take a hit in the way you see yourself the way you nourish yourself the way you you know the way you communicate with yourself from you know your mind thoughts your thoughts your thoughts that are in your mind 
So I too have been one of those people that have gone against my intuition in many many different situations be it in relationships or applying for a job or you know um going somewhere or making that wrong turn or like you know I've I definitely have experienced those moments where I knew better you know and we didn't do better because we wanted what we wanted or we desired the thing that we wanted so much so that we were we were we were willing to sacrifice ourselves and not knowing that sacrifice would have come with a cost or a hefty cost that could requires years and years of therapy and so often i believe that melanated women you know, do this harm to ourselves because we seek to, some of us seek to, you know, acquire some of the things that we see others have. And we don't even know. Sometimes we see other people have certain things and we don't even know, you know, how they acquired them, how did they get them, how did they get there. We just see the polish, the beauty, the finishing touch, the final touch, but we don't, we have not a single clue of the process that it took to get there. And it's so often that, you know, we like, yeah, we really need to like check ourselves when we do that. Like I, I'm speaking to myself as well too. So without further ado, I wanted to focus the topic on not just intuition, but to also focus the topic of what happens when we go against our intuition. What are the trauma symptoms that we develop or that we may develop over time and that gears towards PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and so on and so forth. So anybody who knows what post-traumatic stress disorder is, is basically, you know, the psychology components of understanding of your body, your responses in terms of like, you know, do, do you, are you, um, basically it's irritability, you know, unwanted memories, the feeling of shame, um, depression, guilt, insomnia, sadness, anger, you know, experiencing nightmares, difficulty controlling or concentrating, um, flashbacks, you know, especially for those who are war veterans or those who have um, experienced things that, you know, didn't didn't expect to experience um, unexplained body sensation, isolation, you know, um, decrease uh, interest in activities, you know, finding yourself to be, you know, seeking a loneliness that separates you from the world in an unhealthy way because everybody does, everybody have that moment in time where they want to be alone to focus on themselves. But there's another one, there's another side to that where we separate ourselves from people that we love, which turns into complete isolation that can, which can serve to harm us instead of bettering ourselves depending on the circumstance so ptsd response can look like flop flight fight freeze or friend and i know you're probably wondering like friend yeah friend as well too um or um did i say friend sorry i meant fred 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 what am i saying oh I think I just made an error. Just X that out. <laughs> so a PCS response can look like flop, flight, fight, and freeze. Um, and so with that being said, the trauma responses can also look like, you know, craving controls, like cravings that are out of control. So, you know, eating more than we naturally do. 
um, feeling responsible for other people's happiness, um, agreeing to things that just that just just to keep the peace you know then you're sacrificing yourself for other people's happiness um chronic feeling of emptiness feeling like you're not worthy feeling like there's something missing feeling like there's a void that you have to constantly feel over and over and over the the seeking to escape you know that escapism um sensation whether if it's through substances or substance abuse or um what else craving control so sometimes I, I think i mentioned craving control craving control can look like trying to control other people trying to control an environment that can also develop into ocd you know feeling like you can't control yourself so you look outwardly on things or other people to control them or you try to make you try to please other people and do things for other people to you know to to satisfy that sensation that feeling inside to make you feel like you accomplished something by helping somebody else but in reality you help somebody else at the expense of your your energy and as a result when you look at your life you realize that you see other people advancing and you didn't advance is because you poured so much energy into other people as opposed to pouring into yourself and thus feeling creating that feeling of emptiness creating that feeling of like you know a sadness or unhappiness or unaccomplished um there are many things that could look like trauma response so for 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 other things I wanted to go into, let me see, I think I wrote down, let me see, one, I wrote eight things down here on this paper, and I'm going to go through them one by one. So anybody who's read the book, The Body Keep Scores, you know that this book is incredibly, incre- incredibly, you know, fantastic, wonderful in terms of understanding the mind and the body and how it looks like. And understanding how, you know, things occur. So the number one thing that we could look at when it comes to trauma response and mental health, you know, and understanding trauma is disassociation and numbing. And, and it's the feeling of disconnection or disconnected from the body and the mind, not registering the signs of danger, unable to see the signs of danger when danger is in front of you. Um, the body hormones, you know, is out of whack. The body hormones thinks that, you know, doesn't really doesn't respond to the way that it at its natural response is it's going through a phase of like like so basically that like our reality of what it looks like on the outside isn't what the reality on the inside in terms of like what we how we perceive the world in terms of that what is in our mind and that number one response when it comes to hormones is our serotonin and most of our serotonin is located in our gut so Whatever that amount, whatever serotonin amount that you have there, be it if it's good, be it if it's expressing in a good way or not expressing in a good way, either way, it still has a direct reflection on in terms of like, oh, how are we connected? Are we connected with our mind and body? Is our mind and body in cohesion with one another? Are in are they in union with one another? You know, especially when it comes to understanding and understanding the signs of danger, because sometimes you could be standing in the in, in the presence of danger and you're not aware. And what happens is when you're not aware, that's when you go through those four signs that I mentioned earlier. If we flop, flight, fight, or freeze, 
you know, and it's one of these things that we do. I know there was a time me and my homegirl, we were hanging out. We went out one day and there was a, we experienced, um, let's just say, we experienced two men who wanted to talk to us, but we didn't want to talk to them and one of them got angry and I got an attitude. The next thing you know, things could have went really left, but thankfully things did not go left. Um, and the reason why I'm saying this is because when this situation happened, she froze and I reacted. So in that situation, was was either of us wrong? No, but we both had a chemical um, response. Uh, yeah, a chemical response that resulted into a physical response. Could the situation had had a different outcome? Yes, it could have, but thankfully it didn't have a different outcome. So going on further, I want to talk about how um, the body always the body's always in a state of arousal. So that's like the number two things in terms of like what trauma can look like. When the body in, is in a constant state of arousal, um, perceived senses of danger or perceived senses of danger can look like, you know, excessive drug use, excessive um, opioids, um, alcohol addiction, starving yourself, excessive exercising, or even excessive sex, um, anything that that is anything that is done in, in the in the space of excess is that stage is that state is that state of being perceived as danger. The body's constantly in the state of arousal, and the reason why it's in the state of it's perceived as a state of danger. The body's feeling that is because the body's not in the proper balance of hormones. The body is trying to settle that excess hormones that is in the nervous system that is wiring your nervous system to be wired awake or wire of need of attention or wired of need of of sensation is simply because of it's because um all the, the nervous system the body craves attention one way or the other so in in actuality that part of the body is not in its con it's not in its proper context it's not in its proper homeostasis it's not in its proper balance and because it's in because it's not in its proper balance it's going to seek attention somewhere it's going to get its vice its 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 sensation filled somewhere that is why i've never been the type of person to judge anyone who suffers from any kind of addiction or who suffers from any form of of who has vices because i believe that if we are as melanated people on this planet and if you've ever read the book called um post-traumatic slave disorder or medical apartheid you can understand how from generation to generation to generation that we all have some form of trauma in some way shape or form that was passed down to us be intentional or non-intentional and because it was intentional or non-intentional nine out of ten times our parents didn't know better and that is why we hear the saying that oh you know the next generation is always going to be the one that does it better and the next generation does it even more better and brings the family line and the bloodline and pushes it into its greatness further and further and further which is a true context and it's a true saying because the reality is that we all are trying on this planet. We all are healing. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, black, white, orange, yellow, blue, melanated, or pink. The reality is that we all are healing from something on this planet. We all have a vice, whether that vice is, you know, um, 
Listen, we all have something that we do in secret or we all have something that we do in the open that 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 we try to satisfy that sensation within us, that feeling within us. You know, so often people, you know, would try to, I find that sometimes, you know, religious people are very judgmental and I feel like we religious people could be so judgmental because they really don't understand the human the, the human com- the complexities that it that comes with human human behavior or hum- humanity alone or humanity all together and the reality is that we all are complex people but melanated people in particular have endured the most for many many decades you know so it's it's like we're looking at the generation that what what is that generation called i think they're called the baby boomers you know are very not all of them but a good portion of them are very stuck in their own ways and they won't bend for you no matter how much you explain to them no matter how much proof you bring to them no matter how much data or statistics or you know or news report they won't bend for you that is why the um, millennials are are some of the majority of the millennials you'll come across are extremely you know depressed in some way shape or form or suffering from depression in some way shape or form and it's taking the millennials to really pay attention and to call out the things that have been going on in our family each and every single one of us and i think that because we are we are that generation that is breaking that curse. We are that generation that is calling out our mom and dad and saying, mom, dad, look, what you've been through is sad. You know, it's, it's sad that you had to raise, you know, us by yourself. It's, if you come from a single parent household, but also if you come from a, uh, of a, if you come from a, um, a nuclear parent household, it, sometimes those parents, sometimes you're, you can have both parents in the house but the mother is present but the father is not not present or active with his children and when that happens is that yes we have both those parents here but the reality of the fact is not being present and not being active with your children can have an adverse reaction in terms of like how your children respond to certain things because it is your job and your it is your job as a parent to be their first teacher it is your job to to get to teach them emotional support understanding of life and nature and nutrition and some of the most basic things of life that you know we as melanie people we don't know some of us suffer from not knowing in terms of like you know what are um what are credit scores you know real estate properties owning real estate you know having create um um um, having a savings account, you know, understanding our 401ks and, and so on and so forth. A lot of us millennials, some of us did not get that, did not get the parents who to teach us that especially if you came from urban neighborhoods you know if you did not grow up in a house and you grew up in urban neighborhoods you grew up in buildings you grew up you know in certain neighborhoods that did not display these things and you certainly did not see it on television and you did not get it from school it you you become behind you you sort of kind of like are behind and by the time that you get to the space where you're learning these things it it puts a damper to your self-esteem and then sometimes as a result you get upset with your parents but I digress but what I'm trying to say is that like um I I think I lost my train of thought from that but 
I wanted to, I was saying this to say that, um, they're like, depression is not just a linear, a linear thing. It's not just, um, like, you know, oh, my parents went through this and they did this and they didn't have depression. That's what you think because they made it look good. But the reality is that like a lot of us are hiding behind faces. We hide behind smiles and laughter excuse me, when deep down inside, we really are suffering from many different um, um, mental illnesses. That is how it's manu- it's manifested in different forms. It's manifested in our behavior. But some of us, we, some of us are just so used to crazy that we call crazy normal. And I'm not just, I'm, and I use that term very loosely. When I say, or, or should I say, yeah, should I say crazy? I don't, I don't think I should say crazy, but crazy is the word for right now. <laughs> anyway, number three is self-loathing. Self-loathing is basically saying, have I not did, have I, it's going back and forth with yourself, like having regrets. If I did not do X, Y, and Z, then I would not be in this current state right now. And I'm, and I can tell you, I'm one of them people that I've done this before, you know, where we're like, dang, I regret dating this person. Cause if I didn't date this person, I could have met somebody else during that time frame of my life and could have been so much more further in my life. And this person did this and this person did that. We point the finger so much outwardly that we fail to see that it's not, it's not them. It's also a choice that you made and the choice that you made resulted into this situation. Because again, going back to the beginning of this, of this podcast, you did not go, you, you went against your intuition instead of going with your tuition flowing with your intuition and when we do that when we don't flow with our intuition we go against it we we reap the repercussions of it you know and then we are then we find ourselves reiterating things such as oh lesson learned or oh, i regret this and i regret that we don't we we don't want to self-load but self-load is a trauma response when you see a friend that's constantly talking to you and telling you man i regret this and man I regret that. Try to bring that friend. Try to reframe. Try to reframe the image of your friend in terms of like how do you see your friend? When you have a friend, or even if it's your mom or your dad, and they're saying they regret this and they regret that, speak to them from a from a language of positivity. Ask them or tell them or remind them. Remind them and say, remember when you graduated from college do you remember how hard it was for you to to get certain things do you remember the the challenges that you faced just to find food do you remember that but yet you did it you did it so don't let this experience that you just experienced you know um make you feel less than if you understand what i'm saying um furthermore i want to talk about being stuck in the past and what that looks like when we're stuck in the past the stuck being stuck in the past is being controlled by two part of the brain that part which is the thalamus which is the sensory integration to make sense of what's happening and the prefrontal cortex to keep things in and to keep things in chronological order or how things are supposed to be or how did you know get, get then again go, goes back to number three you know how did we get here or i regret this and oh my gosh i gotta figure out how did i do this i gotta go back in order to me to you know basically going backwards in order to get back to a space of centeredness so that is that, that understanding that 
being feeling stuck in the past is literally being controlled by these two part of our brain which is the thalamus and the prefrontal cortex and to which we always want to be mindful in terms of like whenever we're asking ourselves how did we get here or what happened you know we do want to ask ourselves these questions to have understanding but don't stay there we want to move forward so we want to ask ourselves progressive questions okay i know what happened how can i what can I do to go forward? How can I heal from this? And healing from that will require that we acknowledge this. We self-actualize. We take accountability and we show ourselves grace and compassion to understand that even though we we understand how we got here, um, because we didn't know better, we didn't do better, but now that we know better, we're going to do better. In addition, the next one would be speech and tremors. And the speech and tremors are basically being in a being in a situation that feels traumatizing, PTSD and anxiety. You know, the constant reminding of the constant reminding of the sensation of the trauma response. You know, that feeling of shame, guilt, anger, sadness, nightmares. You know, difficulty concentrating, insomnia, and irritability, irritability, or feeling irritable about something. So that's one of them. Or becoming completely mute. That's a, that is an extreme trauma response when we are mute. Number six is cross of self. Basically, number six is basically distinguishing between the two. You versus parent, you versus spouse, or you versus sibling. So it's always you and this other person. It's always you and um and, and this other entity that's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's a trauma response. And number seven is basically physical in in mobility. Basically going through or experiencing uh um a pass of that required maybe that not required but that that had corporal punishment or an accident or um uh an assault or some way shape or form something like that would be would can result into cross of self next would be um physical inability no not physical inability the last one would be difficulty learning new information people who suffer from adhd or add or you know who struggle with reading sometime or writing sometime can feel self um can feel self-doubt or feel like they have low self-esteem because they can't do what other people can do but they can it's just that their brains are wired differently their brains are asking for a different type of creativity a different type of approach so that could look like stunting and learning processes in terms of like at a certain age your mind can't retain the same information that it could before or cycling through the same information over and over not learning something from it so the body in itself has as a response it responds to that sensation where you find yourself in a loop you find yourself in the same cycle over and over having to relearn that lesson over and over eventually you get you feel self-conscious you feel like you, your self-esteem gets punched and you feel like a failure when in reality you're not a failure you're not you're not what you're you're not what people say you are that's number one and you have to put that in your mind and to know that and to understand that so in closing i wanted to say that you know being in therapy for me 
has been a sensational journey for me simply because of the fact that it allowed me to be in a space where I can talk about myself. A space where I did not have to occupy so much of my friends' time or my family's time and tell them my problems. But besides praying and going to God, I could also go to someone that could give me tangible tools in conjunction with prayer, in conjunction with, you know, going to God about it and having myself get get better for me not for nobody else but so that I could do better with the people around me so that I could do better you know be a better um be a better communicator with my parents with my siblings with my friends with my future spouse or whatever the case is and and even in the workspace so I think for me therapy has been a tremendous you know um um, um, component to my healing, you know, in conjunction with my wellness program and my nutrition program, it has been a ride, real ride, like a real thing. Um, so when it comes to spirituality, that's a whole nother thing, a whole nother level as well. I believe that therapy has helped me in, um, And I wanted to say that, you know, if you are a person who suffers from any of these trauma responses that I spoke about, I really recommend that you do seek help if you can afford it. I do know that there is free help out there if you go online and research it or call 311 and I'm sure that 311 can help you and direct you to, you know, someone that can help you or you can reach out to someone, a local you know, church, you know, that you can find someone inside of a church that are a therapist or someone who's in the, you know, mental health field, a counselor that can help direct you to someone that can help you or a pastor, someone that has counseling, you know, um, background and education and, you know, something of that nature, because you really want to get the help that you need and you really want to heal from the things that, you know, that, that bothers you so often that we have inner demons and we really sometimes can't get to the root of it but if we're willing to do the work and we're willing to face our face our problems we can really do better by giving ourselves the self-love that it needs the self-attention the self-admiration and it's not narcissistic to think of yourself you know it's very I think it's self-full to nourish yourself in a mental way in a spiritual way in an emotional way so that you don't you don't bleed on other people around you you don't ever want to bleed on the people that love you the people that nourish you the people that give you everything you need you want to feed you you want to be able to feed them what you've put what also the things that you know that are good so ending this i wanted to say that try to use mindfulness and remember that mindfulness is not is a place of non-judgmental basically allowing your thoughts to be your thoughts but don't judge your thoughts let them just flow and be yourself always be yourself and with that being said again i pray that this message may reach you all in the right mind body and spirit and that you may share it with somebody that you know and i pray that it helps you and i pray that the message was helpful in some way shape or form with that being said i am signing out And until until next time, people. Later.